Welcome to Josh's Worst Nightmare Oddcast, presented by Denver Horror Collective. I'm your host, author Josh Schlossberg, surveying the dark landscape of biological horror fiction. For this episode, we are being visited by Rosemary Thorne. Rosemary Thorne is a bilingual Spanish writer, researcher, and translator living in Madrid, Spain. Her first novel, El Pacto de las Doce Uvas, was published in December 2021. She has also translated Edward Lee's The Big Head into Spanish for Dimensiones Occultas Press. Her goal for the years to come is to populate the English market with her dreadful monsters. Welcome to my nightmare, Rosemary. Thank you for having me, Josh. How are you? Oh, I'm doing really well. I'm so glad that you could make it all the way from Spain. So thank you so much. Uh, so folks know on Josh's Worst Nightmare, I invite on horror authors to talk about an aspect of biological horror, which I define as living creatures and vital processes relevant to their writing. This episode, we're going to have a wide-ranging discussion about witches, warlocks, sorcerers, altered states, and how that might tie into biological horror. So Rosemary, why is this a topic that interests you? Well, I think actually with the recent pandemic, we have a wonderful opportunity to see how it can affect, um, I mean, not only the body, but also the mind. And from that, how um, it's not just uh, the physical manifestation, but also the mental, um, is, how to say it, um obsession of it uh it can be um like a um, something that it is uh create not only that the 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 virus is going to act but also the, the psychology of the masses are, are going to act too and that's going to have a negative um a, a negative side too um so uh we have seen it uh, recently um but i think that actually is like a you know like in voodoo that's something that i i've um, studied a little is that um when sickness comes it's because there is an imbalance between the physical world and the spiritual world and i like it very much i began um studying it with uh, different authors but then uh, i am quite Quite sure that you know this um, movie, The Serpent and the Rainbow. Mm -hmm. It was uh, directed by uh, Wes Craven. Uh, it was a book. The book is different than the the, the movie, but it is actually um, quite similar. So there is this um, character, uh, Dargent uh, Petravo, I think, and he was a, the, the the bad guy in Haiti, and he was creating um, zombies, and there was like a a chemistry to it um and then th that that's the i mean uh not in the movie not so much not so much but in the in the uh, in the book you can actually it is explained that when you don't respect um the forces or or the gods then there is going to be unbalance there is going to be a hole and that's where sickness is going to come what do you think about it? Yeah, no, that's all really great stuff. And yeah, whereas I do call my stuff biological horror, my stuff 
almost always ranges into, well, the supernatural and also tends to have that spiritual connection as well. So, so whether it's symbolic or otherwise, that what is going on in the physical world, what is going on with the body is mirrored in what's going on in the universe or with spirits or higher powers or whatever you want to call it. So that's really interesting. So voodoo really does touch on that. So sickness is that that sickness maybe in society or it's in your psyche or whatever. And yeah, I mean, that could tie into pandemic and stuff like that. I mean, how, how does virus spread around? You know, how, how do viruses come into society? It, it's uh, through people's behavior, which may or may not, you know, there could be all sorts of commentary on that. But yeah, the voodoo stuff, I don't know a ton about voodoo. That's, it's always, it seems like it's always put in a different category than just, okay, well, here is witchcraft, but obviously it's, I mean, it's, it's the exact same thing. It's just a particular element of witchcraft. And so basically what, like my understanding of voodoo is originally African components brought into the Caribbean and then a lot of that in maybe the Southern US. Is, is that an accurate representation? Yes, and the Caribbean. Um, and also there is going to be, so it's going to be Haiti, Cuba, and then other countries like Venezuela. It's a strong there, but in in those countries is going to be Santeria, so it's different. Right. Um, there are going to be elements in common, of course, um, but and then huge differences. But um, I think that the purest, uh, I mean, the the the, the closest to Benin, uh, which is like one of the original sources, is going to be New Orleans and then Haiti, and uh, that's where the main slaves were went sorry so another thing that i was um another thing that i was interested in i mean you're gonna have that not respecting what the gods um not respect yeah not serving them well uh okay so first voodoo is a religion and then there are practices uh those practices are magic um because every like from my point of view and that will be like um, from my point of view, it will be very long to explain. Everything is magic, um, every practice. So anyway, Buddhism is actually one of the most complex religions that I have ever read and studied. It's amazing. But anyway, like, so it's going to be like the sickness is going to be the sickness of the body. Yeah, the, an imbalance in the spiritual world uh, causes an imbalance in the in the body that's going to be one dimension another thing that i was uh, interested in 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 talking about is um being poisoned uh on purpose in order to have an initiation which also happens um not a specific i mean in buddha is going to be much more control under control of course, and it's not going to be so. I mean, the the chemistry is uh, is not okay. It's going to be as there are going to be substances with which you are going to uh, move your awareness, your self awareness. So possession can take over, okay. Um, and then yes, in other in other um, in other religions like shamanism, 
Uh, I'm thinking about Castaneda, Don, uh, Carlos Castaneda, and Don Juan and Don Gentao, those books. Um, that's actually going to be having uh, an altered experience. And um, you will have to endure like a sort of a hero's journey. And death is going to be like crossing the abyss and, and everything. So it, it has those two dimensions. And obviously, one of the things I find very interesting is that horror is a step. I mean, <laughs> you have to overcome horror, mm -hmm. and then uh, and then um, and then you 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 come out of the experience wiser. Right. So yeah. it's just amazing because horror is not an end in itself. It's actually a step of it can be an uh, an initiation step. What do you think? Yeah, I like all of that, and so that does tie into a bit of psychedelics. I mean, you talked a little bit about poisoning for initiation. Obviously, some of that. I assume what you're referring to. So, what are you referring to when you say poisoning for initiation? All right. So. Um, it's so there um, well in the case for instance in the case of um haiti and all the zombie creation um isn't it's a, it's as you, that's is not poison but it is actually like a contaminating or polluting the body with something that it is foreign and it's going to create a near death state and um uh, how to say your own awareness of it can actually save you um it could it could actually it could be it, it could be related to uh, self-hypnotism all right so it's something that you you are aware that you are enduring that and you have to um lead your consciousness your awareness out of uh, out of that um process of your body completely messed up by whatever you have taken uh, which is you know so that's going to be in Haiti that's going to be some so, uh, they are going to each religion and each practice um sorry each religion yeah because I think yeah I mean yeah perhaps it, it's more yeah I was thinking about being Buddhist sorry um practices let's going to call them spiritual practices um each of them are going to have uh, their own substance and that's something that uh, for instance um and it's going to alter the state um aldous huxley uh, also treated it in yes. the dosage perception so I, I i mean you americans know a lot about it because you had it like <laughs> you had timothy leary in the 70s and um, I think that um, in that particular, as you can, if you see it, um, many, many people who experienced uh, with these substances, uh, some of them unfortunately didn't make it because it is a process. Uh, if you see it in some African tribes or when you read the, the Golden Boat by um Fraser, you're gonna see that these are uh, like uh, in ancient times. These 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 were a uh, part of rituals, very important rituals. And you had to make it or not. If you didn't make it, then you weren't ready. 
you know, you weren't mature enough. So imagine if you if you translate that message to what happens uh, in the 70s in, in the United States, where many young people um, experienced with it and then they, they didn't make it. Some did. Actually, one of the things that I have learned is that um, Hoffman, um, Albert Hoffman, he died um, quite old. So as you, you know, like there might be a relationship between knowing how to manage your altruist state caused by a sort of, let's call it pollution of the body and, um, and then it, to have a long life, you know, like uh, to be okay. But again, like, uh, well, I don't know if you have uh, had any experience with uh, uh, psychedelics. Um, I scarcely, and I am terrified. I think that I wouldn't. <laughs> I can read about it. I can watch movies about it. I can listen to some music, which is amazing that they can actually alter your states too. But I don't think that I can do the thing. I will be terrified. I need more um, initiation, more time. I don't know. Sure. So, yeah, well, I think that's a really good summation of the whole history of that. I mean, so psychedelics, altered states, a kind of a contaminant in the body needing to overcome a horror. So yeah, I, when I was younger, had experimented with mushrooms on, on many occasions. And yeah, I mean, with certain mushrooms or even arguably the psilocybin, there's a fine line between you're poisoning your body and you are utilizing basically chemicals that are, there's already pathways in your body for those specific chemicals. So it's that fine line of the foreign and also, well, it wouldn't be doing stuff inside our body if it sort of wasn't meant to in a sense. Like, so I, I think, yeah, the sixties were, I was always really fascinated with that. I, I read and listened to and everything about the, basically the proliferation of LSD, which I, I've not done that but through the military basically. And then they did tests on people and then it kind of went through people like Ken Kesey and other folks like that, Timothy Leary. And that became very much part of the culture. It's funny, the very repressed military world accidentally or who knows, unleashed a thing that really helped um, catalyze, I think it was already burgeoning, but you know, anti-war movement kind of like a, a greening of America in many ways. And then it did lead to a lot of literature. Carlos Castaneda, I read a lot of his stuff. So for folks who aren't familiar, he, so Castaneda wrote, supposed to be true stories. Most people don't think that they're true, but who knows, maybe they're true or certainly based on some ethnography. And it's a guy who, an academic who meets a Yaqui medicine man, shaman in the desert, and he feeds them different things like mushrooms and peyote. And I love those books. I, before I'd ever done, they were, they were definitely, if you want to talk about gateway drugs, those books are definitely gateway drugs. There we go. Beautiful. Yeah. I, I think I have still one in my bookcase here. Those were really, really beautiful. Um, and yeah, kind of, uh, well, what I think is really relevant maybe to the U S and maybe is different in Madrid. And I was just realizing when we were talking, so you were talking about, so the voodoo element, which that is a witchcraft element that's Caribbean, but also in parts of the U.S., like you say, New Orleans, the southern 
area. We also have the Native American uh, tradition of, you know, they weren't calling it witchcraft or anything like that, but elements of spiritual practice, accessing realms. And then we have the European witch stuff, which came over and settled in the Appalachian Mountains and everything like that. So the U.S. is kind of this crucible, this cauldron of all of these different traditions. And maybe that's why there's so much interest in it and it's become into all of our pop culture here. I mean, I guess a lot of different places too. So, yeah. Any thoughts on- There is, there is an, um, uh, yes, um, we have to be careful because Buddhism is actually a religion. And then the, the, pra the practice of witchcraft, that will be hoodoo. Okay. which has some elements that are common, okay. but the same, you know, like, uh, for instance, prayer to pray or to meditate or, um, or to, to, to reach a, a state of trance, that's going to be uh, common in witchcraft and the practice of religion. So there are like lots of things that are close to it, but um, and I make this distinction because, this, excuse me, this distinction, because for many years, um, uh, in many cultures, Budun has been like, a, has had this um, ominous uh, shadow as black magic. Actually, no, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful and I, in, in a very complex. And one of the things that made it so complex is that you need, um, a family tradition huh. and it has to be they have to be practitioners for the caves but anyway so and then you have hoodoo as you've said now hoodoo uh it's beautiful because it um so it's gonna have a, a black practices a practices uh, from africa and then in latin american european everybody's it's like music yeah. <laughs> um, Hoodoo could be the equivalent to blues or country, you know, um, or jazz. So um, it's beautiful, as you can say, as you have said, um, um, the United States is the crucible. It's very, it's very interesting, indeed. And um, like Spain was for a while a crucible. But I think that uh, right now, uh, and for many decades, uh, there's been just one religion and um, anything else. And that's actually stopped the tradition of horror writing. You know, like you are a horror writer in Spain and it's actually not cool at all. It's beginning to be nice now. We can go without masks. And <laughs> but I'm not using my real name, for instance. Mm. Uh, you know, and um, and we depend on the English markets. Uh, yeah. I don't think that we can be independent yet as horror writers. We have to depend on, you know, um, we have to depend on, on the United States. And um, yes, uh, we, we can't, it's like, we're still in my particular, uh, from my particular point of view uh, in Spain and in Europe too, we need more time to develop our own horror, you know, like, because for now, even the subjects and everything um, has been imported from the United States. And um, it's actually, it's very funny because it's like, um, I think it's, it will, 
like it's like a story uh, in, or a movie in which very imaginative and, and quiet people go to the States because they are not popular in, in their own towns in Europe. And then they create what, you know, they create the United States. Uh, but, you know, like the, there is a still creative people. <laughs> we can't go to the United States anymore. And we here we are like trying to to wait for the right moment to actually like bloom or and develop. But it is very it's actually very difficult. We don't have a market, or if we don't have um, yeah, it's actually very difficult. So, so would you say um, people are just uptight about it? Sorry, can you repeat that again? Are people in Spain and in those regions you talk about, they're just uptight about the horror thing? Because we, we tend to think in America of people in Europe as not as uptight as us. <laughs> that you're more cultured, you more accept like the past elements and also are more willing to move into the future. No? Oh, no. No, 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 not at all. And actually, like in Spain, we're going, we are uh, going back or reaching a, a dangerous point of uh, going back to the to the past, and uh, totalitarianism and one thing and thought and and the intolerance. It's 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 there. Uh, so all the whatever we have moved um, in the past uh, since Franco died, uh, we are going back. Again, it's just amazing. I mean, okay. I think that in in um, yeah, it's always been like horror is, has always been an, a subculture uh, matter. It's it's not as prestigious as in the states. Perhaps I'm I'm you know it's very funny because we can see the the, the horror into different things. But for instance, I don't know, it will be it will be almost impossible in Spain. For, for someone to be a Stephen King huh. or even you know or even to we need we still need to have our Shirley 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 Jackson for instance yeah you know once we have Shirley we can have a Stephen King we oh and Lovecraft you know what I mean like all the horror tradition all your grandparents and everything we still need to have them and to develop our own horror mm -hmm. um no, not at all, not at all. Uh, it's such a pity. We should, we should be more open-minded. And but I think that um, it's not. I'm 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 having conversations with peers in in Europe, and there are some uh, like in the in the Scandinavian countries is a bit more like open-minded, right. uh, and there is like a resurgence of um, um, of the genre in East Europe. But then you have France and Italy. Italy, yeah, there are people who are fighting a lot for that, for the um, for expansion of the genre. But anyway, it's difficult here. Very difficult. You're very lucky in the States. <laughs> That's interesting. I, I wouldn't have thought that. And yeah, I guess that yeah. gives me a new appreciation for the US. I mean, I wonder if there's some some history in Spain, particularly maybe with witchcraft or religion that just makes it a little more of a source. But I mean, in the, in the States, obviously we killed plenty of witches too, but the witch burning was going on for a lot longer in Europe. So maybe obviously there are things other than witches, but witches seem to be pretty central in terms of just 
history of dark stuff and let's not dig all that stuff up. Do you think that has anything to do with it? It's um, hard to say. Like, for instance, um, books, uh, everything, you know, like um, I have to go to English in order to uh, research things that might have happened in Spain. And are to, I mean, there are there there might be a couple of anthropologists, but then you know it comes a moment in which um, the horror of witches of witchcraft, for instance, um, it, it stops being anthropology, and it begins to be a reality. It's right. some, it's not something that someone researches, but someone that some some you know it, it's not something. Excuse me, it's not something that someone researches, but something that someone practices. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a practice, not a, a matter of a study. And that's where, for instance, in Spanish, if I want to find something, I have to go to South American um, sources, like, for instance, Carlos Castaneda, but there are other people. So, huh. uh, and practice, I'm not talking about um, a, just, you know, like a university, academia, PhD, uh, research no practice and yeah. that's where you know that's when when the, the horror begins when it's not a matter of study it's not something that you're reading and it's there no actually you know suddenly the, the the reality of magic whatever if even if it is provoked if it is hero's journey if it is uh an an end or um or an, an easy step that's Absolutely. And says, okay, I'm panicking here, but I have to overcome that. And then, so, but is it, I, I'm fascinated by, by, by that like moment in which you panic and everything freezes. You, you don't your mind doesn't know what's going on <laughs> even you know like it, it, it might be um yourself you know becoming actually like many i when was it i think that it was a philosopher that said something like um in order to overcome a disease you have to become it but i can't remember right now who said that but it was something like that, and it is related. Now, how how do you become your sickness, or you know, or how because your body is experiencing experiencing something very strange. Everything is in chaos. How, you know, you have to suspend self awareness in order. I don't know. It's actually very difficult. Have you ever experienced something like that? Yeah, certainly elements of that, and in the term panic comes from the great god Pan and the state, not necessarily of terror, like of holy terror that Pan would basically put people into. So I, I know a little bit about, about what you're talking about. Yeah, and there's even a, so a band called Cypress Hill, kind of a hip hop band. I believe it was them, or I could be wrong, but a, a band like them get down with the sickness. So that concept of yeah, going into it, understanding it. And yeah, so that, that's really interesting to me. And very relevant. That could, yeah, it could be an initiation, of course. So right, and that's uh, what a lot of initiation rites 
of tribal people, for instance, are going out into the forest alone, you know, in something or a vision quest or something like that, particularly for more often for young boys, I think, because young girls typically have, you know, menstruation is already kind of the built in initiation, right? But men, boys don't have that. So yeah, that's, that's important and also been largely lost. I mean, I come from culturally, at least a Jewish tradition. So there's the bar mitzvah. It's, it's mostly going through the motions, but at least there's a thing. So yeah, initiation and the initiation, particularly into adulthood, where you're going from that childhood wonder of just basically, I would say just only accepting elements of light. And then all of a sudden you accept, oh, there's a shadow here too. You got to be able to handle this stuff. Yeah, it's actually, I, I was, um, you've made me thought of, uh, excuse me, made me think of um, um, James Fraser again, the golden board. There, there was, I, when I read it, I, I was uh, 20 and I was very shocked by this. There, there is a tribe in which young girls are actually caged. Uh, they can they can touch the floor so like they are like in the air in cages of um, very basic cages um, everything is polluted around her they can touch uh, they can touch it but I actually think that they what they you know like obviously they 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 are protecting or what it is protected is their um, ability to, to to procreate um and uh, because it, it it's a strange it's a sacred many cultures are going to treat that in different ways uh but anyway like most of the time young girls are not going to and i think that they will for that you will have or the one that i can remember now is um eleusis uh the greek uh, the greek tradition um, and then there was an, an, an initiation uh, uh, with um, related to the myth of Persephone. Right. She went to, to um, she was, um, she ate because she ate uh, the seeds of pomegranates pom, and Hades took her. Right. So um, there was a, there was a right uh, about it and I think that it was mo mostly women uh, and uh, well uh, the mind wonders what could have been but I think again you know like it's almost sure it's almost certain that the initiation all also had um, some kind of um, um, psycho LSD psycho initiation it would be like a psycho yeah psycho initiation or a psycho blending or psycho something uh, that they had to um probably drink uh, eat or even inhale so in order to do that uh, but i all the, i can't think of any other tradition that was so um open-minded no not open-minded i can't i don't know how to say it. with girls or with women most of the time um, um, the heavy stuff is going to be endured by men or young men hmm. right yeah well that brings us kind of to the topic maybe we can just briefly 
get into it because we kind of already did. So when you think of which, you usually think of women, right? And at least in most traditions and certainly the witch burnings, those were, but it's funny, it, it's, it was mostly women. If you look it up, it was mostly women, but there was actually figures range. I mean, I think I saw like maybe 20% or also men and also as werewolves, that's a whole other different thing. Like literally killed for being a werewolf. Um, well, allegedly, I guess. So we typically do in our minds, I think, meld that together, even though, as you say, in certain traditions, well, certainly like sh most shamans, say in African traditions are, are men, mostly, um, but we, we think of the witch burning and stuff like that as kind of a, a misogynistic thing, which to a certain degree, it, it has to be if, if it's targeting women. And it's sort of like, in my mind, it's a, it's an overstating of the feminine shadow, you know, the shadow, masculine, feminine shadow, yin, yang, however you want to look at it. And then kind of blowing that up into uh, an insane degree where it's like, look at this maybe particularly odd woman living on the outskirts of town. She's a witch, let's kill her. Or look at these young girls who are, you know, acting like young girls, you know, whatever, and, and maybe doing something crazy or weird. They're witches. So that is certainly, um, I think, a misogynistic element. But but why would you, why do you think so much of at least the current view of which tends to track over to women even yeah what, what do you think about that i think that that's an um i think i don't know if i'm going to be unpopular with this opinion but i think that is a misconception i actually think that there were witches male witches mm -hmm. uh, probably well first of all i think that we have how to say like from time to time, all these uh, sort of uh, supernatural, spiritual, um, manipulative, uh, yeah, manipulative um, uh, world of sorcery and witchcraft disappears. course, because there is a war, because uh, sources are lost, because people who actually incarnate and practice it are lost too, um, and then the terminology changes. But for you have shame shamans, they have been and healers and medicine men. They 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 are witches. Right. Um, they are male and traditionally, I mean, I I think there is a there is a guy here, um, da, 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 Timothy Timothy R. Landry. Um, I listened to a talk uh, called Voodoo Secrecy and the Search for Divine Power, and he differentiates very well the ma the male which is like young and the no it's yeah young and the and the female power which is jinn and how um he had researched that um that powerful difference because actually it's a powerful difference mm -hmm. so meaning that it should be differentiated so i know obviously i'm interested in the part uh, in which uh, women have lost uh, or our and must must recover abilities as female as 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 female witches or female healers or fem let's call it female practitioners mm -hmm. um because that's 
I think that everything is a practice. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, obviously, as, um, as someone who wants to know the truth, I'm not biased. So I actually think that I'm not biased and actually I have observed that it is a, that it is a real truth that male and female power are going to be different. So um, I hope that more, uh, it can be gender fluid, I don't know. Um, that's going to be uh, for researchers now, um, very difficult to know because I think that many had to say, it's all about records and uh, some things are not recorded or even, or, they, or even destroyed on purpose. Mm -hmm. so the, the, the research in the past is going to be difficult. And, um, but yet, like, look at Salem. In Salem, there were male witches and it was differentiated. Actually, yes, I had this here. Uh, male, um, male witches uh, or male sorcerers uh, in Shakespeare. I think actually Queen King Lear is um, talks about Shakespeare is um, there are some um, I've I've found some um, uh, researchers um, who claim that King Lear is actually a treaty on black magic and it's amazing because it happens between eclipses. So there are there are going to be a there are going to be like some elements that are like oh my god I wonder if someone could make a movie from that point of view you know like Macbeth in Macbeth it's going to be clearer how Macbeth is manipulated first by the three witches and then by by Lady Macbeth so um, I think that is I think that it is there the existence of male witches. But we haven't realized them. In your tradition, for instance, I have this beautiful book, um, Martin Buber. I don't know if, oh, hold on. Yeah, Martin Buber. So, one, okay, he didn't practice witchcraft at all. It was something different. It was a, a, a miracle in, the, in his particular case, the Balsam Top. Um, he, used to well he had the he he had a circle of practitioners and he could do amazing things he could do wonders so it depends you as you can see if there is that's something that we have we also have to review if the end is bad that's going to be witchcraft but if the end is good it's going to be healing or it's going to be a wonder uh or it's going to be a miracle but they had to say the rules of the game of magic are the same. <laughs> Whether you have one result or the other is actually, the, I, I, I believe that the background is, is, is similar. And it's much more, com I mean, in practices, it's going to be less established. And in religions, it's going to be much more complex, sure. um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And uh, yeah, well, maybe kind of just to conclude things, this has been really, really fascinating. So one thing I was thinking about that may kind of just 
come full circle there. So you're talking about voodoo as as a religion and hoodoo is more of the, the craft or maybe even the, the practice. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah. Okay. But now, so that that is um, different than say, so European witches, which, and because of Christianity, I mean, they're, they're the bad guys, right? So they are a pact with the devil. Like that's the whole point. If you're a witch, in a sense, according to Christianity and most of the lore around that is, you've made a pact with the devil, um, which is definitely different than, uh, you know, other views of that, certainly different than the Native American version. I mean, it is their religion. That religion incorporates, those religions are, do a better job, Native American stuff and possibly Voodoo, of incorporating the, the light and the shadow, whereas Christianity is just like, nope, there's only light. There's only light. You know, it's very, <laughs> and then, of course, their shadow becomes so much where they're literally killing witches because they're seeing their own shadow everywhere um so you know that's a very different thing like literally you know kissing the ass like kiss my ass like came from that the initiation of kissing the devil's anus which is what witch is supposed to do or you have sex with the devil or whatever the hell they're making up i'm reading malleus maleficarum right now the whole uh okay. witch, it's a boring stupid book but every now and then there's some really interesting stuff it's mostly just like it's the bible like because the bible it's kind of dumb and boring but it's good to know but one thing i was thinking about in the u.s which again you're giving me more of appreciation for the the u.s stuff is so rock and roll is a u.s phenomenon and what rock and roll is is a melding of blues. So originally African, then African-American, black blues, and folk music, folk music, which came from Europe and then Appalachian, you know, uh, people and stuff like that. So that combined that. So in the US, our view of witchcraft is probably similarly like influenced by the hoodoo and the European witchcraft. So we have this interesting melding of whether you think about it or not, you, you know, uh, U.S. witch stuff, it it culturally appropriates everything. And it's what's really interesting, though, to me is so all these different cultures, though, they all have elements of this different witchcraft stuff, which I guess has to mean that it's real, right? It wouldn't originate everywhere if there wasn't something to it, huh? Absolutely. But it is, obviously, um, as I as I um, I am a firm believer that whatever we do is magic, uh, but it's just the transcendence or the witch or, you know, uh, the, whatever it reaches, you know, like uh, the more it reaches, the more powerful, okay, obviously. There are going to be rights that are very complicated, um, like, uh, yeah, but I, I don't know the names right now. I, I will have to, to but um, a dark zone, it's a movie in which there is uh, the, the calling of an angel. Uh, it's this, um, a Salomonic, oh, I can't remember right now. But the, so it's going to be there. You can, you can actually see the practice and, and how far it reaches. It can reach even more, I think. Um, yes, I think that everything um, it is, um, if everything is magic, um, the only thing in in Christianity and in Europe, um, of there, how to say, it's not allowed to think 
about certain things. For instance, um, El Pacto de las Doce Uvas, my novel, it took me 20 years because there are passages in which are like uh, Goya's black paintings, very dark and with the devil, etc. And my, I, I had to be brave in my mind to imagine them, you know. So first of all, you have to imagine them and then you have to give you have to give permission to yourself and then you go further in the imagining of the things okay and that that's i think that in the in that particular case the united states has been favoring imagination uh imagining everything um whilst in in spain in particular and in europe in generally speaking it has been the subconscious has been uh, all the time dominated uh, uh, by by Christian or by Christianity and Christian thought, or either Protestant or whatever. Um, now, um, something very beautiful about witchcraft and um, and it's uh, that it's very individual, and that's why, for instance, uh, voodoo and hoodoo are going to have. Um, a similar route, but then in each country is going to have differences. And I think that in a, each practitioner of Sanderia and, and, and Hudu and Voodoo uh, is a religion, so I'm not going to name it more in this particular, um, but they are going to have very specific and personal um, uh, touches, mm -hmm. um, like yourself writing horror for instance okay it will be your horror and you what you're proposing hey guys this is what terrifies me or i'm going to terrify i'm going to present to you or show you or um make you feel horror with my elements or i'm going to propose you these elements of horror and that's subjective okay so that's that's why i think it's um subjectivity is very important and, and in witchcraft actually is actually very important I can't believe that, you know, like um, the, 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 the shamans and practitioners that I respect are the ones that are going to say, okay, these are the, the basic rules, but the, it comes a moment in which it's your conversation with the supernatural. It's your conversation. It's nobody's, nobody else's conversation. So you can copy, but to one point. It's actually very funny because I, uh, for instance, people go follow Crowley, Alistair Crowley uh, with Telema and everything and they go to Boleskine House um, and uh, I always think uh, Boleskine House um, was Crowley's finding he he searched for that house and it was his it was his I just can't believe that everybody's following uh, you know, like going to Boleskin as it, it obviously, yes, it, it has something because it called his attention. But I, the, the, the beautiful thing would be for each um, follower of Aleister uh, or Crowley is to find their own Boleskin or to, to find their own place to perform wherever. Um, so it's again, like going back to what I was saying and defending, it's very subjective and individual. Yeah. No, I love that. And I think that's a great way to end things. Yeah. Find your own version of things, find your own version of your fiction, of your, your lifestyle, of your own uh, 
ideology. You don't have to go lockstep rigid into what the tradition of others learn from the tradition, evolve upon it. Yeah, I, I love that. So thank you, Rosemary, for coming on. This was a really fascinating discussion. Uh, folks want to find your stuff or get in touch with you, possibly. How would they do so? Oh, I've got um, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Facebook, Rosemary Thorne. And yeah, there's a witch. It's a beautiful, <laughs> it's a beautiful picture of a 17th, no, excuse me. Yeah, 17th century painting. Um, so not myself because um, uh, for sorcery, actually Carlos Castaneda defends that, that we have to delete our faces. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, we have to change that. That way, we can actually uh, become become animals or become whatever. So, yeah. Excellent. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you, Joe, for you know. Thank you for inviting me. That was very beautiful. Of course. Thanks for taking a trip with me through Josh's worst nightmare, where I, Josh Schlossberg, survey the dark landscape of biological horror fiction presented by Denver Horror Collective. If you don't want to miss any of the great, and sometimes disturbing, weekly episodes I've got planned for you, be sure to subscribe to Josh's Worst Nightmare on a variety of podcast platforms. You can also sign up for Josh's Worst Nightmare e-newsletter at joshsworstnightmare.com, where I share a whole squirming mess of bio-horror, including my infamous haiku horror reviews and my latest dark scribblings. Speaking of which, if you haven't already picked up a copy of my cosmic biological folk horror novella, Moline, from D&T Publishing, you can find a copy of the paperback, hardcover, or ebook at Amazon, Godless.com, or Josh'sWorstNightmare.com. Yours darkly, Josh Schlossberg. <laughs> <laughs>